Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Under the Wayne's Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons. And I'm joined by former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Gwines and a host of the ASAP Elite podcast, Rob Penn. This week's episode is sponsored by Jabs Gym. Learn the fundamentals of boxing through high-intensity strength and cardio workouts with locations in Metro Detroit, the Eastern Market, Ferndale, and Birmingham. We would also like to thank Juke. You can purchase their gear at jukefootball.com. Last night, the national champion Michigan Wolverines defeated number two Washington 34-13 in Houston. J.J. McCarthy went 10 of 18 for 140 yards. The Wolverines had 303 yards rushing in this game. Blake Corum had 21 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards had six carries for 104 yards and two touchdowns. And Colson Loveland added three catches for 64 yards. The win gives the Wolverines their first national championship since 1997 and their first national championship in the college football playoff era. Before we get to Thomas's analysis, I do want to say you were spot on in last week's show. The Wolverine defense needed to get to Michael Penix, and they came through. They kept him under pressure, not letting him get into a rhythm with the Washington offense, and they definitely disrupted the timing of their pass plays. So, Thomas, what's your take on the victory? Um, at the end of the day, the boys went out there and did what they needed to do. Like we talked about last week, Penix is a talent. Mm-hmm. Great arm strength, great accuracy, but what we didn't see is that, just that. Why is that? Based off the different coverages, based off the level of pressure, no, we did not get to him like we did in the Alabama game but we did cause him enough discomfort in that pocket where I believe some of his mechanics got thrown off. I think his clock in his head got sped up some. There were some blown coverages in the Michigan secondary a couple of times that should have been big plays or house calls that luckily those passes were either dropped or just incomplete passes. So I think take our hats off to uh, Coach Minner again for dialing up another great defensive um play play uh playboard if you will and the other piece to it too is is that we won on both sides of the ball up front mm-hmm. the trenches the trench warfare the the war of attrition as i like to call it the symphony of violence we definitely were conducting that whole song throughout the game on both sides of the ball the big boys up front on the offense we're, we're moving the pile. We were displacing that front seven from um, for the Huskies to the point where they figured out the only way they were going to be able to stop us was to start bringing those linebackers downhill, trying to fill those eight gaps. They got a couple of stops, you know, a couple of TFLs or uh, rushes for, for no game. But overall, 
when we were able to get a hat on a hat, we definitely got some positive yardage there. The backs ran really hard. You know who really impressed me the most? We talked about Donovan. You know, we're, we're going to talk about Blake and those guys. Number 20. Mm-hmm. When you sit back and watch how that young man, once he got his opportunity, how he hit the hole with suddenness and violence mm-hmm. and was able to move the pile, I really wish he would have had a few more touches just to kind of, you know, let him ingratiate himself, if you will, in the national championship game. But I think that young man Mullins is going to definitely be a uh, workhorse for the Michigan running back stable coming in the next year. The other piece behind this too is you talked about JJ's numbers. JJ did a good job of managing the game. Was it the JJ that we all wanted to see, especially early on? No. JJ had a couple of RPOs where I thought he could have pulled the ball, definitely got some big yardage around the corner. Eventually, we did get to that particular point where J.J. was um, seeing things a little bit clear, and we got some big gains on that. So hats off to him. But overall, as I talked about last week, this was simply just a culmination of a bunch of kids that got to see the cake, maybe got to lick the spoon, Mm -hmm. as I speak about the two years prior, but never really got the cake that they wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. And this year they came for everything that they were due. As uh, Ike Turner said, and what's love got to do with it? We ate the cake, anime. We ate all the damn cake. So <laughs> hats off to those boys. And uh, we made the damn thing happy. I'm so proud of this team. I'm proud of the way in which we've conducted ourselves throughout the year. And there's, as I said before, there's so many layers that we can talk about. We can have a two-hour show. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest, the two biggest words that I take away from this year, one is focus, the other one is finish, and we did both. Rob, what's your take on last night's win? Well, first of all, it capped off exactly what we've been saying the whole year, what I've been saying the whole year about this being a legendary team, historical team, and maybe the best team of definitely in my lifespan. My lifespan. You know, uh, when it comes down to the team, the team, the team. You know, uh, Thomas brought up a good point last week. You know, it's not about style points or about, uh, you know, about skill set or all type players. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes down to a to a, a, a team, a unit, you know, everybody being uh, one, one heartbeat, you know, uh, we really exemplified that. First of all, it's the way that they did it that, that has been done. Uh, this type of football hasn't actually been successful since Kyle Osborne. You know, when you run first, you know, and lean on the run and really take a man's pride. You know what I'm saying? That was a big deal. Mm. Very big deal. Second off, you know, we kind of let off the gas. We had the ability to really blow that team out yesterday. You know, I said we could keep them under 10, you know, but 13 isn't bad. Uh, They completely picked that receiving core out of the game. You know, and that was a blessing. Uh, it was good to see, man. And uh, it was one of my proudest moments, definitely. Okay, I thought you guys were going to bounce and piggyback off that. My bad. Um, so I do want to talk about uh, Donovan Edwards. Um, he had a very quiet season for the most part, but he seems to show up in big games when everything's on the line. So overall, what do you think of his performance last night, Thomas? I thought Donovan was quintessential Donovan. Um, 
to your point, very quiet season. I thought he could have been used a little bit better or efficiently as far as trying to bring him out of the backfield, maybe use him more as a scat back. Um, I definitely think there are some deficiencies to his game as we speak about a in-between-the-tackles runner as far as being able to kind of make his own holes, if you will. Um, the first big run that he had was reminiscent of the Ohio State game two years ago where, I, you know, that kind of put him on the map, so so to speak. Um, we got to see his his breakaway speed, and it was almost a tale of two seasons where that's the Donovan everybody's been hoping, wishing, looking to see this year, and it just hadn't materialized for whatever reasons, right? Mm -hmm. But it still was able to show that the young man still has that burst, is still able to hit you those home runs. Um, I, I say Blake is the more dynamic runner, but Blake is never going to really get you that home run. He's going to get you a triple, which was shown um, during his big run. Uh, mm -hmm. I think if that was Donovan, if Donovan was able to actually take it there like that, that, that was going to be a house call. Yeah, that was going to be a house call. Yeah, yeah. But you know, with that big, with that being said, I I I love the fact that we are now getting back to old Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, during my tenure, I had a Ricky Powers, Bianca Batuka, Wheatley, Chris Howard, Clarence Williams. We had Stables, Eddie Davis, Chris Floyd. Um, we had a bunch of guys in that in that backfield. Uh, a train. I don't want to leave anybody out, but we had very notable guys in our running back room. That if the transfer portal was a thing back then, all of those guys who maybe weren't starters here at Michigan could have definitely gone to any other school and been starters. So I really feel like we're starting to get back to that particular point. When we start talking about flipping the script and, and kind of changing the narrative, I got to talk about Coach Moore and what he's done with the offensive line. There are some things as an old school offensive lineman that I don't necessarily agree with from a technique aspect of things. Mm -hmm. But what I'm 100% on board with is – how he's kind of changed the mental outlook, the mantra of the offensive line. We're getting back to wanting to be bullies. We're getting back to having that level of toughness and not just wanting and wishing to be those two, those two adjectives, literally living up to it, having it manifest itself out on the field, going out and recruiting those type of athletes to bring here to Ann Arbor and to let them inflict their level of violence onto that opposing defensive front seven. Mm -hmm. So Coach Moore has done a done a fabulous job as far as flipping that. Michigan has been known as offensive line you. They say Penn State's linebacker you over here in Ann Arbor, and we turn down athletic fat kids up front that's going to open up holes and, and keep our quarterback safe and do a good job in the NFL. So we're I definitely feel like the national championship was a cherry on the Sunday, but what I'm looking for now is how deep are the roots that are being set right now? What's going to take place next year? How do we keep this level of momentum going? How do we keep this mindset going? Um, again, it's going to be real interesting as these team dynamics change, but what I'm hoping for is, is that the spirit of that locker room stays consistent, that we continue to play for one another, you continue to play for the man to your right and to your left, that we have a, a level of unselfishness that's unrivaled at this particular point in college football. Because, again, ladies and gentlemen, 
we may not have been the most dynamic or explosive team when you start talking about athleticism across the board, but I guarantee you this, there is no other team in the country that played harder for their teammates, their brothers, for their university, and that name across their back and that funny uh, but yet beautiful helmet than this particular team right here. So I'm really hoping that that particular spirit of team remains down at Shambecker Hall in that locker room. And as these young kids start to get their chance and, and get on the field, that our old guys continue to uh, push this level of expectation. This is the bar. The bar has now been set. We know what it is. We know what it took to get here. Now, are we men enough? Are we team enough to repeat it? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, true. As far as Donovan, it's funny that you brought up that we haven't seen that since the Ohio State game. You're right. I also brought up last week that Washington is Ohio State with C.J. Stroud, and they look just like it. That game mirrored pretty much that game exactly. I don't remember that final score of that game, but it was kind of around that same, you know, total, should I say. You know, uh, same game plan, minus the uh, long shots downfield. They're very efficient. Uh, Donovan, though, man, like I said, I gave Donovan a hard time this year. But good Lord, man, that kid is fast. Good Lord. Once he gets it all together, man, he has an opportunity to be a, a consummate pro, man. He's going to make some ripples if he can get it all together. You know what? I'm pulling for him, man. He's a good kid. Uh, second of all, that offensive line trophy, that should have been given – he should have came back home. No, you know it should not. And the reason why I say that is this, because every year, at least these last two yeah. years, we won it, huh? we struggled. In the yeah. playoffs, and now that Washington <laughs> won it this year, the curse of the Joe Moore Award is kind yeah. of a thing. It's real. Uh, we've it's talked like the about cover. how, <laughs> right? It's just like the Madden cover. I was just about to about <laughs> yeah. to speak on that, and so again, it's a great uh, uh, team award, if you will, as far as the cumulative effort of five guys. I respect the hell out of it, but right now, it has not manifested itself in in the playoffs of the CFP. So uh, I, well, that being said, we shouldn't have lost it in the first place. Like I said, if this team was amongst the top of the nation in rushing yards and the right. stats giving up, you get what I'm saying, and hurries. I don't see it. You get what I'm saying? You get it on the other side with Washington, you have a quarterback who can get the ball out of his hands fast to the top right. receiver court. Right. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? It was a fluke. But just so happened, if that's the case with what you're saying with that curse with that award, yeah, give it to them every year. Give it to Ohio State next year, matter of fact. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, because at the end of the day, all I need to know is, is I got five guys up front that are willing to go out here and put a hat on a hat every damn play and is living ready to give up a kidney to keep their quarterback safe. As long That's as I right. got that, we're going to be just fine. That's right. So obviously, we got to still talk about the elephant in the room, and that's uh, Jim Harbaugh's future with the program. I know last week, both of you guys gave your opinions on whether or not Coach Harbaugh will be at the helm next season. But after watching the Wolverines win the national championship, has your opinion changed at all, Rob? Not at all. You know, he looks so comfortable in them Cartier buffs. You know, he don't have to run it back, man. Like I said, he was supposed to be here, especially telling the stories about how he grew up and, you know, where the uh, who's got it better than us came along. You know, he is an Ann Arbor, Michigan man, just like us three, Michigan men. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got a character to watch that segment with my lady last night. 
where he described what a Michigan man was. And I was proud, bro. I was proud to say that I'm a Michigan man. You know what I'm saying? I wore these glasses today to honor my coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, man, he'll be home. He's going to stay here for a long time, brother. Like I say, he'll be here. He's going to have a statue outside. He's not going to go to the NFL and risk his uh, – it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, he's now living in a historical uh, ambience of this sport. And Thomas, what do you think? You know what? I, I still think it's a 50-50 shot, and the reason why I say that is this. You've now reached the mountaintop. You've cemented your legacy. You've officially gotten out of the shadow of Coach Bo. Mm -hmm. You had a shot at the NFL, and you actually had a very successful tenure while you were there, especially with the 49ers, making it to the Super Bowl, playing your brother, that, that whole storyline right there. You got more money than God right now, so it's not about money. I think it's about I think it's about professional or or career completion. He's checked the box already yesterday. Mm -hmm. As a former NFL player and as a former NFL coach, what other box has been left unchecked? And that's him. That's oh. him. And that particular team won in the Super Bowl. You know what? I so think with that being, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that the decider will be who is under center next season. It's just some people that come along. Some like you don't get JJ's every now and then. But if we have a JJ caliber or better come in, he's gonna want to coach that quarterback. You get what I'm saying? That's just like me being a receiver and running the offense. But I have me. I have this rare talent coming in. You know, this six four, two hundred twenty five pound, four four guy, jump out the ceiling and catch everything. It's a it's an honor for me to sit there and coach that guy. First of all, you know he's not going to leave with a brand new Lamborghini in the driveway. That's what it is. Well, I will say this: based off of, I still think that there's a lot of arrows and spears that are being slung at Coach Harbaugh, mm -hmm. NCAA, yeah. Big Ten, all those particular entities. I'm interested to see. I would love to be a flight on the wall in those closed doors meeting meetings between coach Harbaugh, AD Ward, Manuel, um, president of the university. Cause we got to remember when Jimmy was having his press conference this week, what was one of the big things he continues to be a lightning rod. And the fact that he's talking about and trying to champion uh, profit sharing with, with the players. I'm, all for that, obviously, as a former player. I wish it was around when we were playing, but I digress. But all that to be said, when you start messing with the church's money, so to speak, mm -hmm. people start to come after you. And my question is, does the university have the stomach for that? Does the AD have the stomach for that? Is it more beneficial for Jimmy to actually leave, more beneficial for the university in regards to the job that Coach Moore has done this year, if Jimmy leaves and we know that we're in good hands and proven good hands, I kind of feel like as a business decision, um, as far as the powers that be, you may kind of want to be like, Jimmy, thanks, we appreciate you, but you know, right now you are eliciting too much negative attention to the university, right? So... Rob, I 100% understand where you're coming from, 
but just looking at it from the flip side of things, yeah, with sanctions, kind of, yeah, right. It just it but, right. It gives me pause because of the fact as trying to protect the brand, trying to protect the university and the team as a whole. Do we cut our losses with one guy knowing that we have a proven product in the garage that's probably chopping at the bit to get out on the racetrack? We, we don't we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. And a case in point being with Coach Beeline and uh and Coach Juan Howard. You get what I'm saying? It's a crapshoot. It's just a crapshoot. This is all sanctioned derivatives. Everything is about these NCAA uh-huh. sanctions and what's coming down, and that's how we'll be the decider. But also, this is my same. This is my point. Okay. I still think that the that Coach Moore is a viable option because of the fact of how he did it. When you I talk know. about Beeline and Howard, I get what you're saying based off of Juwan's playing and coaching uh, pedigree in the NBA. Uh-huh. You got a guy that did what he did under under the spotlight that he did it in, and not just coaching, but literally was two jobs because he still had to coach the O-line. All he had to do was steer still, ship. Still had to coach the O-line, still had to be the offensive coordinator, and then plus be the head coach. Mm-hmm. And three of the toughest games of the season based off of all the other stuff that came down the pipe. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I, I don't think anybody's ever done that before in modern football history, not to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a reason why I kind of feel like you, you kind of got a proven guy here that's been in the program. Because let's remember when Jimmy came in, everybody thought he was a savior. Yeah. Jimmy mm-hmm. wasn't a savior. Jimmy had some struggle bus years too. Mm-hmm. We just were finally able to get our recruits in, and Jimmy did a masterful job of bringing in the right assist young, talented, smart, um, relatable assistant coaches to get this team to where we're at right now with having proper player development. That's from our strength conditioning coach with Coach Ben all the way down through all the other uh, 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 architectural, constructural moves that Jimmy made as far as putting this staff together. Mm -hmm. So once we – Jimmy got – you know, two or three classes of his boys with the right structure around him, this is the culmination of all of that. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. I still just think that the Coach Moore option is a viable option if I'm looking at it from from um, a pub- publicity aspect of things and protecting the brand. Do we cut our losses with the one, knowing that, hey, we, we, we have very little drop-off with the guy that we're going to bring in next. And then, again, in in today's feel-good culture and climate, you got the first black head coach at the University of Michigan? That's about – that's the only thing. is, Like I said, when it comes down to Mr. Morris' system, we don't know what his system is because that was Harbaugh's system. Like I said, Thomas, you could have came and won those three games. I'm sorry. There was no – there was, there was no uh, – nothing outside – of the norm, yeah, there was nothing outside of the in, of the norm that caused him to go into his own style or his own, you know, originating or original, you know, play calling or structure building. You just really had to steer a ship. Well, I'm not sure, brother. Well, as we can agree to disagree, 
I can tell you what is factual and it's always be factual. Time will tell. And we can sit back and pontificate on this further as uh, the soap opera that is Michigan football continues to play out. Because again, we won a national championship and that is huge for the program, but the story's not over. There's definitely some, some underlying waves and moves and stuff that are still taking place. So I'm really interested to see how the rest of this, this drama plays out right now um, within its finality. So, um, again, I can't say enough about these young men and all that they have accomplished in the time frame in which they have accomplished it too. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about JJ. How many games has JJ lost? One. One. Yeah. Now, so I do want to, uh, did want to talk about JJ. Um, do you think JJ stays for next year or go to the NFL and take a pay cut of sorts or, um, <laughs> do you think that's uh or do you think his future is directly tied to whether or not Jim Harbaugh is here next year? That's a great question. I love how you put great, it. Is, is, is Jimmy and JJ bound at the hip? Mm. Um I don't know. I don't know if I work for the NFL right now, and so haven't been able to see a lot of NFL games. Um on the field from the sidelines and, and you kind of look at some things. I don't know if JJ throws a consistent good enough ball to make that jump right now. Like we that. talk about his athleticism. I think he's a smart kid. I just don't think as far as NFL caliber arm right now, I don't think he's there. I think he's on the precipice of getting there. Mm-hmm. But he needs some more seasoning just when it comes to quarterbacking mechanics. I spoke about it earlier in the, in the year. When J.J. first came on the scene, J.J. wowed us with his dynamic athleticism. Oh, yeah. there you go. He was but, coming in for, uh, coming in for the, uh, the, what was the quarterback's name? Was it uh, McNamara? McNamara. Yeah. Yeah, coming in for Cade. Cade. Yeah, coming in for Cade and was able to run them on read options and get outside. You know, uh, there right. you go. And, I and, it, and it was dynamic. It was JJ was entertaining, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's how JJ basically won the hearts and minds of Wolverine Nation. But when mm-hmm. you come back and you talk about the position of quarterback, can you consistently deliver a deep ball? We talked about Penix and Penix having an off night last night, but when you go back and watch that Washington Texas game and some of those long balls, like seventy yard passes where he was just dropping it in the bucket ladies and gentlemen i don't know if jj is able to do that on a consistent enough level to make him a viable option in the nfl right now i think jj would be better served to stay another year and again Mm -hmm. if jimmy stays and he has the proper mentoring and coaching um as far as his overall mechanics and we start to see that level of his game start to take off I think he will be good to go the year after. But right now, I just don't see it. Yeah, I see a bigger Stetson Bennett. You know what I'm saying? That's a good call. He's not ready. He doesn't have a – he's not ready to go take over an NFL team and make a statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or we're looking at Josh Rosen. You know what I'm saying? Who goes too early. He can still polish and tweak a few things. 
you know, Blake Bortles, you know, type deal. But if you stay one more year, yeah, you might be able to get a, a, a viable, I would say, uh, Geno. You know what I'm saying? He can be a Geno Possibly. today. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has potential, but it does need to be fine-tuned right now. I have to say he's not that guy. Uh, when we talk about that one loss, that loss was on him last year. You know what I'm saying? And when we came out in the Rose Bowl, the very first throw of the game mm-hmm. was a pick. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, yeah, he needs to uh, really do some uh, between the ears type fine-tuning also. You know, everything else he has the intangible, but, yeah, he, I think he needs a little bit more uh, – a little bit, more, a little bit more uh, college time under assistance to be a successful quarterback. Because it's one thing to beat the greatest Michigan quarterback of all time, but in a second, once you make that jump, now you compare it to the greatest quarterback of all time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're always going to compare you to be. To, to, you're always going to be compared to TB12, brother. Guarantee it. Facts, and you know, obviously, that's a night and day comparison. Just speaking Indeed. about the athleticism, having played with Tom Brady, and I think I could have outran Tom or been real close to outrunning Tom as an offensive lineman. So um, I think that's a I think that's a very astute point of your part, Rob. So if Jimmy leaves, does JJ stay? If JJ stays, who are we looking to to be the quarterback coach in order to get him to where we just spoke about where he needs to be? Or if Jimmy leaves, does JJ leave? And then depending on where Jimmy goes and when that pick comes up for the draft, does Jimmy take JJ? It's interesting. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll tell you what, though. Jimmy leaves, the whole ship leaves. Orgy transfers. You know what I'm saying? Everybody goes. I'll call that right now. I, I'm surprised that Orgy has stuck around as long as as long as he did. I thought it was kind of masterful in what took place last night and and getting him the couple plays that he got in order to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like we're feeding him with a slingshot, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is we're giving him just enough to keep him interested. Right, but yeah. a kid with that with that level of athleticism and arm talent. Eventually, you know, the patient starts to run thin. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to see the kid finish out his career as a Wolverine. We have to start finding more creative ways to get and keep that young man on the field. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now, we need um, to see we need to see if he's uh closer to a JJ or closer to a Joe Milton. Right. <laughs> Facts. That's, that's, that's but when it's all said and done, all I know was this: We are the champions, my friend, and we'll oh, yes. keep on fighting <laughs> till the end. Yeah, yeah let's go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we get out of here, just kind of want to take the time to kind of look back at this amazing season, uh, historic season for the Wolverines, and kind of want to talk about what was your your favorite moment of the season. Um, for me personally. I think my favorite moment of the season was during the Ohio State game when um, Zach Zinner was injured. Because watching that game on TV when Zach Zinner got hurt, it was pretty silent in the big house. It was pretty quiet. And then on that very next play, 
Blake breaks that big run for the touchdown, which kind of solidified the victory. That was kind of like the moment for me of the season. Uh, are there any moments of the season you can remember that really stand out to you? That was the one. You know, everything else is pretty much punch him in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We wanted will... to receive any trepidation or drama until that Maryland game. You know, it was pretty much uh, – Mr. Har uh, coach Harbaugh, you know, uh, what we're we going to do, you know, who's going to step up. Oh, first black coach. Uh, okay. Marty Hart coaching, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the carousel of coaches. I think that was pretty, uh, pretty cool, but yeah, I think that was the top. I would probably say I will piggyback on that. I'm going to go one, a one B. I'll give that one, one, a definitely. That was a, uh, a galvanizing moment, mm -hmm. you know, Blake makes the touchdown and throws up the 6-5. Um, huge. And again, goes back to what we talked about before, how much these kids care about each other. My 1B is going to be fourth quarter of the Penn State game. I've never in my 49 years of existence have heard of an entire quarter where there is not one pass thrown. Yeah. And we just run the ball. That was a uh, second quarter all the way to the end, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, right? Not one Dominic. pass. Dominic. Not one, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think, like I said, to my knowledge, I don't think in the history of football that is ever mm -hmm. in the history of modern football. I would say I don't, that's I ever don't. been done. Yeah. So I thought that was huge. Um, so yeah, and, and again, to, to your point as well, Rob, the coaching carousel. Different guys having to step up, different guys having to sit out. Um, all the things that, that that came along with that, as President 45 would say, huge. It was it was huge. I have to agree with you. As my top moment, it will be that Penn State game. Yeah. Yeah. It meant, it meant so much. So much more than just running the ball. Uh, you know, you know, the whole for what did you say for the whole uh, second, third, and fourth quarter? It meant so much more than that. It was so much that was tied into that narrative, you know. So right, that and also, that. and also doing it in Happy Valley. Yep. yep. So, yeah, great say, season. Say, like I said, mm -hmm. interesting season. A very uh, dynamic season. A nerve-wracking season. There are a million mm -hmm. adjectives that we can use to describe this 23-24 season and Team 144. But the one adjective I would probably say best solidifies my opinion of what this team is, consistency. We were yeah. consistent all year. There you go. And that's all for this week's episode of Under the Wings Helmet. Thank you to our sponsor, Dabs Jim and Juke. Yeah. Also, yeah. be sure to it's check out man. Under the Wing Helmet merchandise at ASAPElite.com. <laughs> be sure to listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the Believe Podcast Network. You can also watch us on ASAPElite.com, the ASAP Elite YouTube channel, and the Believe YouTube channel. For Thomas Gwines, Gwines and Kyle Simmons, hold on, hold on. national I, I champions. What do you got to say? I got to say one thing. End it out, yeah. Uh, fella. This has been a wonderful season, you know, to be able to do this with my two brothers, man, and represent the team that we all love, Bleed Amazing Blue, through and through. You know what I'm saying? That makes us even more family. It was totally an honor 
I completely enjoyed every week. And good Lord, these have been some long seasons, man. But if it was anybody to do it with, it'd be with you two guys. I want to say thank you, man. All right. Thank you. Appreciate My that. Dog, definitely that. Yeah. I definitely echo those same sentiments. And I'm looking forward to the 24-25 uh, season where we continue to sit back and talk about Michigan football and us laying the hat, hat and as Rob would say, tenderizing those ribs. Tenderizing those ribs all day. <laughs> all right, so yeah, for Thomas Gwines and uh, Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Simmons. National champions, baby. Go Blue. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.